But while you're turning to Luke chapter 24, sometimes we we have the wrong concept of missions. Missions is just carrying out the work of the Lord. Amen. Getting the gospel out, doing the same thing uh, either across the county. We call it home mission. Sometimes if it's something going on within our own nation, we sometimes refer to, to that as home mission work. If it's outside of the United States, we sometimes refer to that as foreign mission work. But it's just doing the same thing we're doing here, <clears throat> getting the gospel out to the lost, uh, establishing local churches, and uh, getting, uh, if they get saved, teach them to follow the Lord and believers baptism, and just teach them the whole counsel of God, and just keep that cycle going and so forth. And all of us, in a sense, ought to be missionaries, amen, uh, to getting the gospel out, sowing and witnessing, uh, just proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sharing the Word of God with those who are saved in a ministry. And so in one sense of the word, we all are preachers, aren't we? Maybe not called of God to preach and be ordained and all that, but we all ought to be proclaimers of the gospel. And in a sense, we all ought to be missionaries. Now, it may not be that God's called us into full-time Christian work, as we call it, and so forth, but we all can be involved in it. But... In the Gospels, we find what we often refer to as the Great Commission. And uh, we have a commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And he's the one we get our marching orders from. And uh, he's the one who's given us our commission. And we call it the Great Commission because he's the great commander-in-chief. And there's no one any greater. And there's been no greater commission ever given to mankind than the commission that God's given to his church. Now, usually for me, when I think of the Great Commission, I immediately think of the Gospel of Matthew. And But it's found in all the Gospels, really, I believe, and even the book of Acts. And in Luke chapter 24, <clears throat> begin, I'll start with verse 45. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. He's meeting with uh, uh, some of his disciples it won't be long till he'll be ascending back to heaven. And this is Luke's account of what we often refer to, I believe, as the Great Commission. And by the way, it's been 2,000 years, but we still have the same commander-in-chief. A lot of generations of Christians have come and gone, amen? But we have the same commander-in-chief, the same Lord, and we have the same job to do, the same commission. And in Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 45, then opened he, that is Jesus, opened their understanding that they might understand, somebody help me, the what? The Scriptures. And I remind us again tonight, and I think it bears repeating in the times we're living, we just need to stick with the Scriptures. Amen. Where do we get our marching orders from? Some denominational headquarters, well, that may not be bad. God uses humans. He uses organizations. But uh, we get our marching orders from the Scriptures, amen, from the Word of God. And he opened up, and by the way, I need the Lord, I need the Holy Spirit to help me and open up the Scriptures to my understanding, amen? We need it just as much as they did. And then the next verse says, and said unto them, he opened up, their understanding to the Scriptures, and he said unto them, Luke 24, 46, Thus it is written, referring back to the Old Testament Scriptures, 
Now again, in our we hear so many people, well, implying or outright stating that, well, that's Old Testament. That's not for us today. Well, we understand a lot of that uh, wasn't written for us and the, the, the rituals and all that. But the, the Old Testament's the Word of God. And, and in the New Testament, and even today, we see much of that prophecy been fulfilled. And the God of the Old Testament's the God of the New Testament. Amen. And here's Jesus reaching back in verse 46 of Luke 24, saying, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ. That's your Messiah to the Jewish people. This Messiah that you've been looking for all this time. It was written, it was prophesied, therefore it behooved Christ to what? Suffer. It was behooving, it, be, it, was, it was only right for the Messiah to come and suffer because that's what was prophesied all through the Old Testament. And it was simply in fulfillment of Scripture. And by the way, it not only behooved Christ, it was not only right in becoming, it was necessary for you and I, amen, that he suffer and die. And it, that thus it was written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to die, and to rise from the dead the third day. Isn't that beautiful? We have a living Savior. And that repentance, what did that say? Repentance? Would you believe? And a lot of these things we don't talk about in church. We don't want to, maybe we should talk about it more than we do. I've heard Christians debate, started to use the word argue, over sinners need to repent today or not, or you just saved by believing. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'll scratch my head and wonder where I, you know, where in the world are we? Uh, well, if man ever did need to repent and believe, he still needs to repent and believe. Amen. And sometimes we, and sometimes what happens in in trying to correct error, if we're not careful, the pendulum swings to the other end. Doesn't it? And some groups, when they talk about repentance, really they're talking about doing penance or doing good works. And it gets all messed up and confusing and so forth. And yes, we're saved by faith, but you come with a repentant heart and a repentant attitude. And here's Jesus saying, and that repentance and remission, that's forgiveness of sins, should be what? Preached. In His name... Among how many nations? All nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And that wasn't just, Jesus wasn't just saying that for them. Yes, they were. But it's also for you and me today. Amen. It's for you and me. So today, he's saying that you and I, you and I. Now, we're not eyewitnesses of the death, burial, and the apostles were eyewitnesses of that. But we're to be witnesses now. We didn't. We, but we, we weren't there. We're, we're not apostles. But we can still give witness and testimony to the truth of the Word of God. In these verses, very quickly, we see the provision. If it wasn't for the gospel message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, there would be no need for missions. Oh, I mean, we could help a lot of people in the world with clothing, with food, with medicine, with... Uh, Work and mechanics and on and on. And all this is good. Amen. Educate them. But what's accomplished if it stops there? 
All that's just a means to an end, amen? And all that is just to demonstrate the love of Christ to have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And the gospel has been provided through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have a wonderful message to share with the whole wide world, don't we? The word for the world, someone said. So here again, we're reminded of the Great Commission. Now, go with me to Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> and in a sense here, we have it again, uh, just before Jesus ascends back to heaven. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, a very familiar verse of Scripture. Most of you could probably quote that verse tonight, or at least quote part of it. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power. Now we were reminded of the provision there in Luke chapter 24. There went my cup of water, and I just baptized my foot. And uh, I guess that's all right. And now I'm going to stand on this wet carpet the rest of the night. My goodness, can't even handle a cup of water anymore. <laughs> anyway, I'll straddle it up here. I'm all right. At least I got enough to wet my whistle. <clears throat> so we saw the provision. <laughs> what are y'all laughing about? It? Now we see the power. You know, I had, uh, I've had people, and by the way, in my lifetime, in what little visiting and knocking on doors I've done and so forth. Uh, I've not run into a lot of opposition, but I've run into some. And sometimes someone will ask you a question like, well, well, you, you know, that's pretty personal, isn't it? <laughs> to, to, to ask a person, do you know the Lord is your Savior? If you died tonight, where would you go? Do you have 100% assurance you'd go to heaven? I mean, that's getting pretty personal. <laughs> Who's giving you the right to, to pry into my life like that? Well, that's a good question. Well, God did, amen? Now, when you say that to a lost man, that doesn't, he's not. But you, I hope we understand tonight. And Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power, and that word power there, we understand he, he gives us boldness, he gives us strength, but we have God's great commission. We've been commissioned by God, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. And by the way, the word witness there is the same word we get the word martyr from. Isn't that something? Even to the point of being martyred for the cause of Christ. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, let's be honest. And, and I just mentioned about witnessing. And I, I made reference to this in my message this morning about may God help us in, in our society as we see our society get further and further away from Christianity, may God give us a greater burden and more boldness and more urgency to stand up and speak up and take advantage of every opportunity. And you know what? And, and, some, and, and I, boy, you know, I'm not setting myself up. Man, I have fallen short so many times, short so many times that, you know, we're almost, well, how are they going to respond? Will they get mad? Is this the right time? Well, my goodness, if Jesus said be a witness to the point of even becoming a martyr, <laughs> most of us stop far beyond that, the short of that, don't we? Even if it costs your life. And by the way, many, some, all have given some, some have given all, haven't they? Even in the, in, in the work of Jesus Christ. So there's the power. And then very quickly, 
Where's the plan? What's the program? Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 again. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be. There's no if and or buts. It's not, it's not, no option to it. You shall be witnesses. Well, now, you know, I guess I could ease my conscience tonight and say, well, he was talking to those original apostles there. Has nothing to do with me. He was telling them. No, I believe it has to do with you and me too. My goodness gracious, they weren't around but for so long. Quite a few generations have come and gone since they were here. If he just meant this for them, we've been in a mess, haven't we? No, it's for, it's just as much for me tonight as it was for those original apostles and disciples. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Now watch this. Both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and unto what? The uttermost part of the earth. Now I'm going to ask you a question. The word both there, first of all, <clears throat> implies witnesses unto me both. But there's more than a couple of places mentioned there. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost, the whole or all the nations we read in Luke. Now how can I <clears throat> simultaneously, that's what's implied there by both, you study the Greek, at the same time, simultaneously, while you're witnessing in Jerusalem, witness in Judea, witness in Samaria, and witness to the othermost parts of the earth. And John wants me to spill another cup of water. Let me get my, my left foot wet. I'll baptize it, John. My right foot. <clears throat> Thank you, John. I appreciate that. I'm going to hold off to it tight. Mm. Boy, that's a good cold cup. I would remind John that Jesus said, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you'll not lose your reward, but I don't want to give him a big head tonight. And then he'll lose his reward. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> thank you, John. I do appreciate that. Now let me gather my thoughts. Oh, okay. But the, if you study that verse, what he's saying is simultaneously, let's get the gospel out to all these places. Now I know from a human viewpoint they started somewhere and then they were scattered by persecution and so forth. Well, how can, humanly speaking, realistically, I can't be but one place at a time. Is that right? Well, how can I minister in all different places at one time. That's God's program, isn't it? That's called mission work. You know, in a minute, we're going to look at these missionaries on, listed on the back of our bulletin, and we're going to just have prayer in a minute for our missionaries. And you know, through praying, through giving, we can, we're having a part right now serving the Lord in Mexico, Europe, Japan, Egypt, and my goodness, through literature and radio <laughs> to the far ends of the earth. And God came up with the plan. We call it mission work. And it's God's program. It's God's, God's provision, the power of the Holy Spirit, the provision. <clears throat> God provides the workers. 
And simultaneously, while we're getting the gospel out in our Jerusalem, in our area, we can spread the gospel around the world through mission work. We serve a great God, don't we? Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I was reading while you're turning to Romans chapter 1 some of the uh, papers and comments that some of you have been turning in uh, for our 35th anniversary. And Mike Pitsenbarger, uh, Mike and Marie, uh, they wrote the longest one so far. We're not having a contest. I think it was about eight pages long. And and uh, Mike uh, served as our treasurer before Mark, and Mike was our church treasurer for about 10 years. Actually, I think he finished 10 years, and then he resigned and uh, did a wonderful job. And, and, of course, he handled, he knew the finances of the church, and and uh, he he was helped serving as treasurer back, goodness, how long have you been serving, Mark? Uh, about So that's, this is like 17 years ago he started, and we weren't, we were struggling a little bit more financially than we are today. And we went through a building program, and uh, in his comments he mentioned how that one of the things that thrilled his heart was the burden that Valley Baptist Church had and Barterbrook Road Church had for missions. And uh, he just was thankful for the deacons and the leadership of the church and the whole church family. When I came here as pastor, the church was about two and a half years old. And if I remember correctly, uh, we were struggling. Uh, my goodness, there was about 20, 25 people. My first Sunday as pastor, I came and candidated, and then you know how that is, and and uh, they didn't have enough, too much wisdom. They voted me in as pastor, and, and my first Sunday, actually, here as pastor, uh, I lost the pianist and the whole youth department. Because the lady that, and she's a good godly Christian lady, some of you would know her if I mentioned her name, but she had some teenage daughters and she said, I've got to get my daughters in a church with a youth program. And she had promised the church that she would stay and help them until they got a pastor. And I can understand that, but that wasn't very encouraging. I'll have to admit, after my first Sunday there and I I lose my pianist and the whole youth department went right. <laughs> That'll incur, but uh, I could understand and and so forth. But we didn't support any missionaries, and so on Wednesday night, just a few of us there, we said, "Hey, why don't we just start taking up an offering on Wednesday night? Whatever comes in, five dollars, you know, and in a month's time, five dollars a week. By the end of the month, you got twenty dollars, and and I don't remember what it was. I think it was more than that." Uh, and I think we took the Barleys on in Japan, if I remember right. And we're still supporting them there in Japan. And uh, so you got to start somewhere, amen. And from that, uh, and God just began to bless and give us a burden and a vision for missions and so forth. And I appreciate Mike, and I've heard and I've mentioned, uh, we have people come in, visiting our church, and they see in the bulletin, they hear us talking about supporting missions and so forth. And, 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 I don't know how many times we as a church and you have been complimented at what a testimony that, man, this is a mission-minded church and they have a burden for getting the gospel out around the world. And I think that pleases God. Amen. Uh, I read, uh, I think it may have been Mike, uh, said that uh, someone, uh, I don't know if I read this or one of you commented recently that 
you, you really believe that one of the reasons God has blessed our church the way he has is because we have looked out beyond. Uh, I remember when we paved this building off and we, had a, we wanted to pave a parking lot and do this and do that and we decided, hey, wait, why don't we take a year and just do special mission projects? Remember that? We, in, we were going to do 12, we ended up doing 15, 15 months. And you know what? And we say this, our church has been better off financially since then than since the day this church started. God honored that. God, and, and may we keep that up, keep that spirit and so forth. But anyway, in Romans chapter 1 real quick, God's blessed us. We have the provision. We have the power. We have God's plan, God's program. We just need to stick with the scriptures. You can't improve on that. And in Romans chapter 1, quickly, Paul in verse... 14, Romans chapter 1 verse 4, Romans chapter 1 verse 14, Paul said, I am debtor. Paul said, you know what? I owe a debt. Now it's a privilege, but it's also a responsibility, isn't it? How many of you believe we ought to pay our debts? We should, shouldn't we? I'm a debtor, both, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. It's another way of saying the whole wide world, anyone and everyone. So much as in me is, I'm not only a debtor, but I'm also ready. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Do I realize tonight as a born again child of God, I owe this world a debt? It's not only my privilege, I have a responsibility. And so am I ready Am I ready to take advantage of every opportunity God gives me uh, to get that gospel out and let my life shine and my lips and hands hold forth the word of life? And then he goes on to say in Romans 1 verse 16, for I am not what? Ashamed. And that takes me back to what I was preaching on this morning, reminding us that in this t- the times we're living, we can't afford to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish I could stand here tonight and tell you that I would that that in every situation I've ever been in, I was never ashamed to open up my mouth. I wish I could stand here and say that. I wish I could go back to high school days. I got saved as a fourteen-year-old all through high school. Some of those years, I, it's probably good nobody knew I was a Christian. I wasn't living right. But even the last year or two of high school, when I was living for the Lord, I just. I had opportunities to speak up for Christ and I just was too timid or, or ashamed. And I, I wish I'd have had more boldness. I wish I'd have had more burden, you know, to speak up. But I can't go back, but I can learn from that. And maybe God can help me encourage other children to give out gospel tracts and, and, and tell other teenagers what Jesus has done for them and so forth. So yes, there have been times in my life when I just have to admit and so, yeah, I, I was ashamed. I was too timid or something. I was too worried about maybe what their response would be instead of being burdened enough to share the gospel with them no matter what, you know. But Paul said, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it. And by the way, we might say, and it alone is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. 
the just shall live by faith. And may God help us in these times in which we're living in America, even in our own nation, to stand up and speak up and share the gospel like we've never done before. Not in arrogance and pride and self-righteousness, with a burdened heart, amen, with a burdened heart for the lost. And realize that uh, that we can't. It's not a time to step step back and be politically correct and afraid we're going to offend somebody and all that. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. What can we do for our missionaries? Well, we can pray for them, can't we? And when we say that, you know, I think especially this time of year with the holiday season and so forth. If there's ever a time uh, that Families are going to be prone to be discouraged. <clears throat> By the way, we, we're prone to get discouraged sometimes, aren't we? And, uh, and defeated, and there's, there's, there's problems and trials and frustrations. <clears throat> and all these missionary families go through the same temptations we go through. And uh, we know from reality and, and surveys that during the holiday season, as we call it, uh, there's more emotional issues and and things like that, and, and any other time of year. And boy, if there's ever a time we need to just hold our missionary families up before the Lord in prayer, it's during the holiday season. And there's so much could be said about prayer. We can give. We can give financially and support them financially. We can visit them. Maybe the church several times down through the years, the deacons and the church has offered to send Judy and I to, to the mission field to visit one of our missionaries and and, and, and we appreciate that. We've just never felt at liberty to do it, freedom to do it. It's just for one reason or another. But uh, it may be that, it may be that uh, God would uh, maybe let you one day visit one of our missionaries and, and see the work they're doing. And, and what an encouragement, what a, uh, what a blessing that would be if God gave you freedom and liberty and provision to do that. We can communicate with our missionaries. And by the way, I'm saying these things to me tonight because I want to do a better job. I can do a better job in that area. And my goodness, with all the technology we have today, with email and Facebook and I guess even Skype's out of, out, almost out of date now, it's amazing. You know, I was telling someone at lunch today, we were over to visit uh, Jonathan and Amanda Heishman after the twins were born. And uh, they live up there uh, toward... Uh, Somewhere up there on, on, I can't think of the word I'm, I'm looking for now. And, uh, either they have, they have a very poor signal up there for telephone, internet, and all that. And Judy, we have some, Judy at home had just been on Facebook, uh, communicating with, uh, Sam and Mary Beth Snyder in, in Papua New Guinea. Almost like they were just next door. And we go over to the Heishmans to visit and, uh, and uh, uh, here, and they're telling us, you know, they had just moved in and poor signal. I'm thinking, isn't it amazing how we just, you, we can communicate with people in Papua New Guinea and y'all can't even hardly get a signal over here in this part of the county. It's amazing, isn't it? But, but the technology we got and how we can communicate with our missionaries and stay in touch with them. And can I challenge you tonight, maybe, uh, assuming we add four more missionaries on tonight, we're going to have uh, 35 missionary ministries and 30 of, 31 of them will be families. 31 of them will be families. 
And now it's hard to keep up with 31 families in, in, with all the particulars and details, but maybe you could just go down through that list and pick one of them to start with. Pray for all of them. But maybe one of them and say, you know what, I, I think we're going we're gonna to pray for all of them, but maybe we could do a little better job communicating with this particular family. And then you may find out, well, you know, I think we could do, maybe do it with another family and correspond with them and so forth. And by the way, it might be good to let them know that, that if you do correspond with them, which, you know, whatever way it is, if, especially if it's email, that you're not necessarily expecting an immediate response from them. After all, they're busy like we are, and, they're, and, and you don't want to put a, uh, an, an, an unneeded pressure on them to, to, to like, well, you know, I've got to respond immediately and all that. Just let them know you're, you're praying for them. And many of you do that, by the way. And I know for me personally, I could do a better job of that. Praying for them, giving, visiting, communicating. And then last of all, wouldn't it be wonderful? And I think Steve mentioned this recently. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God would reach down in the congregation of Valley Baptist Church and somebody say, you know what, I believe God is calling me to the mission field to serve the Lord. Now, naturally, I didn't, wouldn't want that to be me, amen. Are you with me tonight? Now, I'm joking with you, but sometimes being serious at the same time. Be careful what you pray. But wouldn't it be wonderful? And a lot of times we think of our youth this way. Uh, you know, would God touch the heart of some of our young people? Because they've got their whole life ahead of them. And by the way, sometimes God calls a retired couple, you know, and whatever. There are so many. And and maybe that just to, to see, uh, just like uh, the Hebrews, Dean and Sylvia, to see God touch the hearts of more of our own people and, and call them into full-time work and mission work, and so forth and so on. Well, these are just some things I wanted to share with you tonight about uh, our missionaries. We're following the Scriptures, amen? God came up with this program. As Steve took us through the book of Acts recently, and that's what Paul, the early Christians, did. The church of Antioch sent them out. They went out on mission trips, just doing the same thing around the world that we're doing here, getting the gospel out, getting folks saved, getting churches started teaching them to follow their Lord and believers' baptism, and just teaching each other the Word of God, keeping that cycle going. And thank God for all that Valley Baptist Church has done in these last 35 years. But folk, there's so much more to do. So much more to do. Hardly a week goes by, I believe I can say this, hardly, if a week goes by that there doesn't come designated special gifts in for missions, Sometimes just to the general fund, sometimes to a particular missionary. And sometimes it's missionaries that we don't necessarily support every month, but God's burdened your heart for them. And some of you support them individually, and you do it through the church and so forth. I think I could honestly say probably almost every week, every week, not only the regular giving, but special gifts come in. Isn't that exciting? And God blesses you for it. He blesses our families for it, and he blesses our church for it. And so let's get busy just getting the gospel out. Let's be missionaries, amen. And thank God for what's been done and ask God to help us as a church family to increase our vision and burden and just see what God can do, what God can do through us in the future and in the, in, in the year to come. Let's bow our heads in prayer tonight. <clears throat>
Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, God, for the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, as we've gone through a few of these scriptures tonight and made a few comments, and Lord, we've not learned anything that we didn't already know. Perhaps we've been reminded of this, but God, it's good to be reminded that we, by your mercy and grace, are involved in a program, a ministry that, God, you commissioned. And we want to be faithful. And we want to be do a better job. And just allow you to take us, God, as a church family, take us as individuals, and just accomplish your will and purposes. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' precious name we pray.